1: Forty percent of the top ten is still available. Forty percent. Uh, my math would suggest that that's uh, four players. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good math there. That's yeah, why you're yeah,
0: the. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the
1: but, so how, of of your, can you? I, and I, don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but of the say top fifty or whatever, top like what? How many? How many are left?
0: Um, it's not as many. I think it's about a third of them at this point. There was okay. a bit of a rush on relief pitchers, so
1: like less. Less of, less of uh, that's another question. Of all the positions, what is the thinnest and what is the most uh, available? You feel there's a good amount of outfielders left, like decent outfielders. Decent, not but, great.
0: Yeah, not not great. Though, although Cody Bellinger is still there, so that's someone that's. Uh, That's pretty good. But after that, it's a bunch of there's Tommy Pham, Adam Duvall, Michael A. Taylor, Randall Gritchick, guys like that, who if they're starting for you, you're kind of like, all right, we can replace them at the deadline and feel good about it. But also, like, we're fine with them there. They're not they're not bad.
1: There's not. There's also really isn't all offseason, Ed. We sort of said, oh, well, you know, when Otani signs, that's going to break the dam. Okay, when Yamamoto signs, that's going to break the dam. There isn't a a dam breaker anymore, right? There's there's the Boris guys, but it's no really like these other guys who are waiting for the Boris guys. I don't I don't feel like
0: no. It it seems like the Bo- it's the Boris guys and then everybody else. And I, it's been interesting seeing which guys have kind of um, held on. Whit Merrifield, Tim Anderson, Ahmed Rosario. These are the three guys that can really play infield. The three only middle infielders that. I guess Adam Fraser signed, but besides him, they haven't gone anywhere. And I'm wondering, some of them I wonder if it's because they're waiting for a comp. I thought after the Corbin Burns trade happened, there were going to be some other starting pitcher trades, and then nothing happened. Hmm. And you just wonder what they're waiting for. Have you heard any insight into what? the Boris guys. So in case in for, for people that aren't as in the weeds with this as I am, the four Boris guys are Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. And they're four of the top 10, two position players, two left-handed starting pitchers. And we're just kind of waiting on them. There are a bunch of teams that haven't really made their move and they're loosely connected, but nothing's happened.
1: I think so. Here's, here's my take on it is that I think they're all very good players. But the way that the way that teams view them is that there's no lock. Like, absolutely, this is going to be the guy that we build around, the fail-safe and everything else. So all these guys are very good players. But you can also say with every one of them, well, this could happen. It could be a really bad contract. With that in mind, I think Boris, from what I understand, the asking price was, Certainly, uh, of the uh, of the ilk where they weren't that all any doubt was wasn't in the equation when it came to the asking price is what I'm saying. Jordan Montgomery, for instance. So what I had heard that he's they're asking for you know number one starter money. You're talking about seven eight years, two hundred million. What I mean, this is a while ago, but still, this if everyone wants to know why this is so slow, it's because the asking price is the best case scenario which you know Boris has every right to do it's it's up to the players ultimately to say hey I want to I want to get to with the team but even with the DH spot and you you look at it you know Turner signs with the Blue Jays and really so JD Martinez is another Boris guy um was he wait every, maybe people thought that he was going to be waiting for uh, Turner to sign you know or Jock Peterson to sign I don't know. But now you're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And Jade Martinez had a good year last year. But, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to have a one year deal. I'm sure he doesn't. And so it's it's just like, how long can you wait for these guys? And how long? That's the other part of the equation, Ed, is the human element with these guys. Like, come on, man. Like, I got to, I want to, I want to be with a team. And you and I think, The the normal baseball fan feels that way, but I think that Boris's track record and also mindset has these guys ultimately saying, hey, we have complete trust in whatever he does, whatever you do. If that means going into the middle of March, that means going in the middle of March, whatever it is, Um, because he's been around the block and, you know, had a nice success, so they're they're not gonna be they're not gonna go rogue on them and say hey give me a deal right now I don't care, I mean so anyway, that's what
0: yeah I'm- and it's you mentioned it with uh, JD Martinez and the one year deal the guy that I find the most interesting that's still a free agent as far as like, of deal is Jorge Soler who opted out of his deal with the Marlins to pursue a longer deal with someone else and from what I've heard there and you might have heard different nobody's offered him more than
1: two years yeah I don't I think the red side stuff was dramatically overstated <laughs> um and um and that, but that also speaks to you know the rest of the offers and 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 you know they might who knows i mean ultimately that he might land with something that we we don't see coming but the problem with soler is jd martinez is still sitting there and is soler enough of a difference maker for a team to, to allocate multiple years. I mean, Ed, that's what you have to come back to, right? For a team to allocate, let's say, three or more years, they have to feel like this guy is a foundation piece, a building block. And is Jorge Soler that guy? I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like more of a, of a, it's settled into sort of a, more of a buyer's market because teams, they're like, all right, you know, we're gonna roll with our team, and if we get somebody, we get somebody. There are teams. It's interesting. There are teams now as spring training beginning. You're like, oh, they don't have enough players. Like the, I know the Padres outfield situation has been in the news lately, but you know, like, like where's, where's their outfielders coming from? But even like, I'll come back to the Red Sox. You could you could have that rotation. That's fine. I mean, you can have that. It's not what the, it was proclaimed at the beginning of the offseason, but you can have that and go into the season and be like, all right, you know, that's best case scenario, that's how we'll function. And you know, same thing with the Yankees. Yankees was we got Strowman, we got Soto, we got Verdugo. Yeah, you know, we feel like maybe we're a little bit thin. We went after Hayter. Uh we didn't get him, but we can still function. So yeah, I mean, I it, it is to, as I'm talking, it does feel like bizarrely it has shifted become now that spring training's starting, it has shifted become more of a a buyer's market, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you recall an off season that's been like this? No, I'm, no, nobody, I, I, and no. not ca- yeah, not counting like um, the the a couple of years ago with the lockout, but I don't remember this many no, top not like top tier free agents still free agents with pitchers and catchers reporting. Not even close,
1: not even close, not even close. I mean, it's, it's yeah. And, and we've talked about this multiple times, but it's, it's not great for baseball. I don't think because we like deadlines. We like excitement and it's just been, you know, it's exhausting. It's just exhausting. It's like, you can only pay attention to stuff. And the problem is little things trickle out. It it's, it's, it's the worst of our industry um, because any little thing gets three times as much publicity. And any little thing can be, and I speak from experience where you know somebody can say something um and it can be like this most general thing, like you know, the interest thing. You know, if it's like so and so has shown interest. All right, you know, the, the show interest thing is something for November. It shouldn't be something for January or February because it it can mean absolutely nothing. It can mean absolutely nothing. So, you know, I
0: I I'm curious what your your take on this is because every now and then I'll be posting like these are these are the top 25 guys left or something like that. And there's there's always a comment or two in my replies that are this is collusion with the owners. Do you think that that's just a conspiracy theory? Or do you think that these guys actually talk to each other and they're like, hey, let's not, this is a ridiculous price. Let's just not go all in on this. No, I, don't, I don't know how those conversations I don't
1: think. That, I don't think it's collusion. I don't think people are talking to each other. I think it's the more of an understanding that, or not even understanding uh, an approach of, we value the way that the guys are valued so so you know they can they can look at a guy and give a guy a short term deal and say we think if we tweak this or tweak that this guy is going to be really good and we're going to get you know three times the pay of investment whereas the idea of we're going to sign a guy uh, with the understanding that we're gonna we're gonna be burned in the last two or three years of the contract, isn't that mindset is certainly not prevalent. And it's weird, Ed, because a year ago that was the Padres, right? That was <laughs> we saw that what was, happened there. And, and and you know, or the Mets or whoever and and or the Phillies. And I don't and I still don't necessarily disagree with it. I mean I don't because because if you feel like a guy is worth it, or worth going to help you for four or five years, and these are really, really good fit in your team, in your lineup, in your rotation, in your community, you know, all of that, then pay the money. It's okay. Now, I'll come back to this class. Look at these guys. Jordan Montgomery, perceived by a lot of teams as a number three starter. You know, Blake Snell you know, walks one side young, but walks a lot of guys and feel like, oh, well, you know, he's been up and down way too much. Two great seasons so, in contract years. Right, exactly. So Cody Bellinger, awesome year. But before that, not awesome year. What happened? Which is it going to be? Matt Chapman, all over the place in 2023. So you have that. So it's... That,
0: yeah, that's what? something that I think about it like a lot though with these free agents. If you hit free agents, agency, generally speaking, there's some kind of wart in your game. It's either that or you're coming from a dysfunctional organization. So Otani hitting free agency is a little bit different than like a Chapman hitting free agency, where if he was really that if there weren't some flaws in his game, I feel like Toronto would have found a way to extend him. if Or they would have traded him to a team that would have extended him. So it's it's interesting to me that that, that it seems like the warts are a little more visible this year.
1: Well, and we aren't even talking about the draft pick too. You know, it's like it's, it's, if, if a team, you know, there's like, okay, now we're we're giving up a draft pick to, and, and some teams value the draft pick over other teams. But I think that to come back to this, this off season and this way of thinking, it, the, the way of thinking in front offices is changing so much where things like draft picks, I feel like are being valued more than ever. I, I just do. Like, I feel, and I think that, um, yeah, they' they're gonna we're gonna be able to get by with what we have and what the guys that we're gonna have as foundation pieces are gonna be the guys who we control for six years because we drafted them and developed them and we didn't have to get desperate uh, for a 30 year old. That's why Yamamoto I mean Yamamoto obviously, the biggest thing about Yamamoto if he's 30. Compared to 25, it's a completely different conversation with him. It
0: is. Oh, yeah. He was kind of that. I mean, that was a real unicorn situation. Yeah. Too. Somebody that's like getting a first round pick that you just can put right on your team and you don't even have to worry about. It. I mean, it costs money. It's not like you're getting him for the league minimum or something, but guys like that just don't show up. And Yamamoto's case, he did. So I get that with the, with the Dodgers throwing out as much as they did for him. Now, do you, do you think the team saw what happened with the Padres and the Mets last year and got squeamish about overcommitting?
1: Yeah. I mean, there might be an element of it, but that was before too. I mean, that was, it was, I I think that those were aberrations in it, in that, and that, unfortunately, honestly, that unfortunately has led teams to to do things saying, look at, look at what the Rays are doing, look at what these other teams are doing, and they're winning games. I mean, this is, I think, a a thing that is prevalent throughout baseball. And I remember asking Heim Bloom about this. Do you think there's an acceptance more in baseball to approach it this way because there's enough success? In other words, the Dave Dombrowski way of doing things, you know, okay, that's all well and good, but it's going to cost you a lot more money. Do you have to spend that money in order to be good? And look at these teams. They're not spending that money and they're good. So um I think that it was trending that way anyway. And 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 I think it'll continue to because let's be honest, the the owners are less like the majority of the owners are less like John Middleton of the Phillies. Um, or Steve Cohen. Um, so less like them than, than everybody else. Do
0: Do you think that something that with, with Dombrowski, I've always really appreciated about his style is that if he likes a player, he really picks out that player and he'll be willing to spend whatever it is because he wants that specific guy. Do you think that teams just cast a wider net now? Like where it's like, well, I could get this guy, but if I'm going to get this guy for less money, it's kind of the same thing. And it's just less of an individual
1: player thing. Yeah. It's a great point. And I think, and I'm totally with you. If you like the player, you have to, if you get into free agency, you have to get uncomfortable. Like, and I don't think that's what they understand. There's like, we're going to, there's too many of, we're setting our price. And then if you're not taking our price, we're moving down to the next guy and the next guy, well, that guy is the best fit. Absolutely the best fit. And now Dombrowski, and we're probably, we might be seeing this right now. Dombrowski also isn't a dummy. I mean, he he, he knows how to play the market. He knows how to read the market. Um, he, he goes out, you know, the Aaron Nola thing. Remember, like that was out of the gate. Boom. Let's not fool Set around. Price. We, want, we want this guy. We're going to offer him a fair contract, you know. The guy wants to stay there. It is. Yet, conversely, you know we're sitting here, and you're hearing rumbles and murmurs that maybe now they're going to start getting in on some of these higher-end free agent guys. Which all you have to do is go back to 2000, leading into 2018, Ed, where Dombrowski plays the JD Martinez market yeah. perfectly. Um, he gets he gets a contract for him, which you know, it, was, it wasn't it was bad for J.D. Martinez, but compared to what was being thrown around early in the offseason, it wasn't what it was. You know, so maybe we're seeing that as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just like, if you find the guy, get the guy. But it comes back to my original point. I don't know if there's the, that guy. Like, even Jordan Montgomery, everyone, like, Jordan Montgomery is a... Pitcher that you can have on a winning team, as we saw with the Rangers, yep. um, he eats innings. He's he, he he's a, he's a good guy to have, but is he like the no doubt about it number one guy? No, probably not. And also, by the way, you need a good defense behind him, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's so to answer your question, like, well, to to, to answer the conversation, I just feel like maybe. The, the drag in this has been the top level guys were more flawed than maybe other years' top level guys. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, that makes sense. And they're not, I mean, I remember last year when we had all of those shortstops, shortstops a little bit of an
1: easier thing to fit in. You don't have the injury risk there that you, yeah. Do but Ed, like, it's a, that's a great point and a great example, right? So, Look at those guys. And by the way, you had Judge too, right? That was (laughs) how soon we forget. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this there was. I guess you could say like Judge was the. No one was going to say, "Oh, Judge, I don't want to sign him." But you look at the shortstops, and I would say that let's look at the four guys compared to these four guys. Yeah. So Bogarts, Trey Turner, Dinsby Swanson, and Carlos Correa. Um. Correa with an asterisk because ultimately that was complicated, when, when, yeah when you got into it you got the the injury thing, but if you took those guys and matched them up against the certainty the certainty level of these guys, the shortstops they, they that's better. I mean that's
0: oh it's much better. None of those guys ever had a season like Bellinger did where he had to he was his shoulder was busted and he he couldn't play for two years basically or,
1: or like or, or go down the list. I mean. Again, good players, but Chapman, Snell, Montgomery, Ballinger, what compared to Bogarts, Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, and Carlos Correa. Even though, in in like again, yeah, this this factor out the Correa what ultimately happened with bouncing from team to team to team because of this injury. If you go by performance, still like this is a guy who was uh, there better than or more perceived as more certain than any of those four that are run, running around this year. Yeah. I mean, and also judge, just put judge on that list too. But you know what? I'll put agents. judge in the, in the Otani and Yamamoto. Like. Right. There's always like one or two where, you know, okay, that's, and we knew that those were going to get done. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting. If you put, I'll ask you this, uh, Aaron Nola, we forget about Nola, right? Yep. We forget yep. about Sonny Gray. Yeah, because it was so fast. Right. So if if you're gonna who did you have ranked ahead of who did you have ranked? Where did you have those guys ranked compared to Snell and Montgomery?
0: I had Nola ahead of Snell by one at number three, and I had uh Gray at number seven ahead of Montgomery.
1: Perfect example, right? If they're if they're sitting on the market and look at what they signed for. Look at what holy mackerel, look at what um what Sonny Gray signed for. Cardinals are looking like geniuses now on that one. R- right. And, and, and meanwhile, now he's older than Montgomery. He's, you know, four years older or whatever. But still, if you look at like what Montgomery was asking for compared to what Gray signed for, all right, you want answers why this is dragging out so far? There's your answers. You like Nola, same thing. You think that, you you think that what what did Nola sign for? I can't even remember. Oh man, it was I think it was like 7 years 180 something. Okay. You think that you think that that's what they're asking for Snell? No, they're asking for more than that for Snell.
0: Like oh, a 100%. Yeah. And Montgomery wants it's the years with Montgomery that I find interesting because I don't really see that much of a difference between him and Eddie Rodriguez who got I think it was um, it's 20 million a year, four years with the Diamondbacks. backs. I don't see how you can justify giving Jordan Montgomery twice that, which
1: well, again, is everyone, everyone, and, and I think that this, I think the Montgomery thing comes back to I do feel like the teams understand what you're talking about and that it this is about playing the market. If there was an obvious choice, if there was the obvious this this team is going to go in all in on Jordan Montgomery, then fine. But where's that team? It's not the Rangers. It's not you know I I don't I think the Red Sox are probably waiting for his price to drop if it's going to drop. The Yankees, you know, I they already got their Jordan Montgomery experience, right? So are they gonna are they gonna how how do the Yankees view? How do the Yankees possibly view Jordan Montgomery as a six or seven year guy or whatever it is? When they they, they like Jordan Montgomery, I like you personally, Jordan, and we know what he can do. But they know we they traded you for
0: Harrison Bader, one.
1: right? They, they know he's yeah, they know he's not a number one guy. And by the way, they just came off um, the Carlos Rendon contract, so. They they already rolled the dice on one of those guys. So name, give me another, and there's going to, as you know, by the time this drops, I don't know, maybe somebody will like come in, but name me another team, like name me another team that's going to give Jordan Montgomery six years. Only what I
0: could think of. Maybe the Phillies, maybe Dombrowski decides Philly, yes, this is the maybe. guy that's going to finish up our rotation. Maybe they're not so confident about getting Zach Wheeler extended, so they that's their pivot
1: there. But that's, that's still that's a good one, though. It's a good one because, like, you don't have to be have him be the number one. You got Nola, you got Wheeler. You know, he's he'd be a perfect fit for the Phillies. Holy mackerel! Yeah, but,
0: he really would be. But the yeah. Phillies have have a, other issues too. They have other holes to fill. So it's kind of like, are you gonna? What's your investment going to be? What do you pick to to fill in in free agency? What do you hope you can develop on your own? That's that's what's tough.
1: Yeah. So what? So what's your overall? As we sit here, sit here in spring training, or heading into spring training, like you've ridden this wave with everybody. You have your list. You've been following the free agents. Like, what do you? What's your gut now tell you? Heading as teams actually put uniforms on and throw baseballs and hit baseballs in Florida and Arizona. Like, what's your gut? Like you, because I think that I'll come back to, it. I think the reporting is stunk. It's like, yeah, it just like, Oh, this is big. They're going to sign by here. Well, no, they didn't. They're going to sign by here. And, and everyone's grasping at straws. And, and, you know, I think that I, I'm of the mind, Ed you just gotta wait it out man like yeah your stuff and and i should say like some of the reporting's been really good i'm not going to go through like give kudos and credit to there's been yeah, we don't have to give honorable mentions out on this <laughs> no no but but I'm, I'm just saying that there's been a lot of you know it's sort of like they're piecing it together where it can't, something has to happen. And this team has to need something. So, those two things that this guy's going to sign here. And then you hear literally that no, this team isn't interested or hasn't talked or, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So, what I'm saying is that I'm, let's just enjoy the great game of baseball being <laughs> played in uh, actual like on green grass with white baseballs and the crack of the bat and everything else. And then whatever happens happens. And because we've been held hostage long enough by this (laughs) offseason. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, to to answer your question, I get the feeling that the players are not getting as much as they thought they were going to. I think that this is the, the whole doubt has been a little bit, has been a while and, the impression that I get is also the pitchers have to sign sooner because just to be in, in, in the right form and everything when the season starts, you don't wanna have a, have less like three less weeks than everybody else or what have you. Um But uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about deadlines. And I, I, I usually think that start of spring trading seems like a deadline. It doesn't seem like it's as much of no, well, a well, it always had year. been. Yeah. And i I don't remember there would be a occasion, you know, you'd have a Donovan Solano still being a free agent or something the last week, and then that all gets filled in, and then there's a few minor league guys. But even the my a lot of the minor league guys haven't signed yet. A lot of the there's a lot of people that you know are gonna be competing for a role in spring trading, and they're still free agents. They're well, and you know
1: what we there. you know, another part is trades. There's gonna be trades and 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 once once they show up to the clubhouse. It becomes more and more awkward because for guys, like, if if I'm Dylan Cease, I say, hey, listen, what's the deal? Am I getting traded? Like, what's in – because he's going to be asked about it every day. Whereas when you get to spring training normally, you're never asked about trades. Yeah, you know where you're going. You know, all all you're asked about when it comes to spring beginning of spring training usually is if you're in a contract year, are you going to sign an extension? Do you want to come back? Well, how are you going to approach this last year? That's usually what it is. Now, it's it's just different. So,
0: and imagine being a veteran like Henley Jansen, and you're not sure. Like you're you're showing up in rumors, pitchers and catchers report a week, and you're not sure if you're going to get if you're going to Florida or are you getting traded to a team that does their spring training in Arizona. Yeah, that, but that that
1: but that's, that's different mean. time I mean, zones. That's a whole lot of they, travel getting they to want, they want new a, group. You know, the and these guys sort of want to know and 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 the the, the uncomfortable, it gets really uncomfortable because the front office does their job and tries to be as honest as possible. Yeah, hey, listen, you know, if something comes up, then we're gonna have to trade you. But if nothing does, but that doesn't make them feel any better. These guys the 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 Major League Baseball players, they can say whatever they want, but they like certainty. They like certainty. I mean, it's and guys handle it different ways, but it's this isn't going to be easy for some guys. But I will say that so come back to has there been guys or a guy who has signed who who has signed for a short-term deal, like a one-year deal, that you're like that guy was a guy who like I thought he might get multiple years but he clearly is just throwing his hands up and and
0: yeah I think Teoscar Hernandez seemed like that to me um and I mean he got a lot of money from the Dodgers but I I was sure he was going to be looking for three years four years and that that sort of surprised me like Lourdes Goriel got three years that seemed like what I was expecting Teoscar Hernandez to get um there's some other guys there that got... You
1: know, it's funny because Brad Hand... I'm the Brad Hand. Right? It's not Brad Hand. Josh Hader. Yeah, Josh he got five, Hader. right? Yeah, Josh Hader got his deal. You know? Like... But, again, yeah, but then again, other than a trade, he wasn't really competing against anybody. Like, you hear... that's Josh Hader might have been in one of the best positions because, number one, there wasn't... There wasn't the questions really about him that there are about these other guys. He was just good. He's really yeah. good. He's really good. Now, how much do you value that position? That's up for debate. But look at the teams. Look at, you know, the Astros get him, but you look at the Dodgers and the Yankees, they were in on him. And so. Yeah, some of the higher
0: tier relievers, I would say. Matt Moore, I'm surprised, only got one year. Uh, Hector Neris, I'm very surprised, only got one year. But um, well, e. I mean, Gary Sanchez like- just signed, and I was surprised after the season he had with San Diego as a catcher. I thought he was going to at least get two.
1: Did, did, did Juan E. Peralta just get four years? He got four years, but it's like a weird
0: four-year contract. It's like four years, but he can opt. It's like 3.5 million or something for one of them, and he can just opt out after every the Padres love those opt-out contracts. They they I, I would bet you Peralta's a free agent next year I, if he has I, a I good find, season.
1: I find what the pod the Padres are the team had that I feel could go either way because how they built their so like, especially with Hayter leaving, how they built their bullpen. With the international guys, yeah, well, yeah, Matsui and like, uh, you, you yeah, go. They, they could be good, but you just don't know. And then Peralta, so it's 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 really really. And then obviously Soto leaves. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I'm in on the Padres this year. I kind of feel like all the expectations and all the shock and all last year, it was just like yeah, it's square peg round hole. Square peg, right? Rope. Yeah, and sometimes post hype team.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like when a prospect comes up; uh, it's like a top prospect comes up and flames out, and then two years later, he kind of like Mickey Moniak last year has a good season after. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, you
1: know, some like something Mickey like Moniac that. Moniac. Yeah, I can uh, see that. I love, yes, I love talking to Mickey maniac It was fun, but it was, um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be. We we'll have a different podcast for predictions, but. It's all over the place. There is, if this is, it comes back to our conversation about how GMs view it as, well, if this happens and this happens and this happens, we can be good. There's a lot of those teams. There are really a lot of those teams. I mean, look at the American League Central. All right, who are you picking? Like, I can make a case for every one of those teams. I think. yeah
0: No, uh, the Royals have done that, that whole extension with wit and building around him. That's really cool. The twins have a pretty good team. Tigers, the Tigers have very quietly had a good off season, I think White Sox, the, the that, guardians are always, they always have good pitching.
1: And, and I know that they're saying that like, your know, White Sox rebuild or whatever, but that is the ultimate, you know, uh, addition by subtraction. Like you, you still have some talent there and maybe like you take an enema to that clubhouse, <laughs> it, it's it's just, it's just different. So that that's a fascinating division. Um, you obviously look at teams in the National League Central, like the Reds. We all know, like they've they've done some interesting things, along with being like really good last year. Um, the Brewers, Brewers traded
0: Burns and still seem kind of competitive.
1: Yeah, the Brewers have had this like sneakily active. Very, and and I'm not even talking about Corbin Burns. Like it's like they've added players. They've added a bunch of a lot lot of players. Um, You know, the Cubs are the Cubs. Uh, the Cardinals. Everyone, you know, they did their thing, and they're fully expecting to to be good this year. Well, look at the World Series last year. It was two teams that were kind of like that. I
0: remember the Rangers had a shot of not even making the playoffs, and the Diamondbacks kind of came out of nowhere and, and beat up on the the big bad Dodgers.
1: Well, that's and that's the that's the caveat with any team that spends like the Dodgers or anything. This is the way of the world. Is especially with this, we don't know how this the layoff for division winners is impacting because that seemed to be a thing. But uh, the way of the world is that these teams like the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, and if you get hot, all of a sudden, all that that money you spent, or even the Rays, like the Rays, Ed, the rape. <laughs> The race started off, what were they, like 40-5 and five or something? I don't it know. was one of the
0: – and they fell, they ended up falling off. But, man, they were so good that first month. But, but they played 500 the rest of the way and just cruised in.
1: Yeah, and everybody associated with that team, we figured it out. Look at we, We're good. We're, we're good. And the baseball season – covering baseball is so weird because you have to react to what's going on. Because that's what people want, like you have to react, yeah. but at the same time, it's such a long season, and so many things change, you always have to you uh, I found this you always have to protect yourself, you're like you almost have to put an asterisk next to everything you say or write, because as good as it seems, it looks it can look really stupid in a week, two weeks, months, two months, whatever it is, so. yep. It's a. It's hard. Even going month by month is hard. Oh, it's. I mean, we could give a million examples, but the good thing is, and, and spring training is the ultimate uh, example of that <laughs> spring training. We try not. We try and having to do all of spring training all the time. I've every year. I said, you know, like last year, the guy who like for so I do the broadcast a lot of the broadcast for the Red Sox. And you do a great job on it. I like. Oh, I. No, you just I, saying that because I enjoy you. listening to your broadcast. I am I, I bringing A.M. radio back. Um. So, <laughs> but I I look forward to it. I love doing it. And by the way, one of the sneaky things about spring training broadcasts is that when you do the broadcast, you see innings that the writers don't see. So you see innings six through nine because the players, when they come out of the game, they make themselves available. You go down the clubhouse. You interview yep. them. And you don't see him. So you see a lot of these guys. Uh, you're getting to see
0: the double A guys, the highest. Yeah, a guys, oh, the, oh, the guys uh uh guys.
1: Uh, who is it? Um De la Guerra Who was the guy? Who was the guy from a couple of years ago? Uh oh uh, um I know who you're talking about, the, you're, the second baseman. I don't know. There's always a couple guys sad De la Guerra, yeah. Yeah, there's always a couple guys who they're running out, you see over and over again. And you know they're going to end up at AAA, but but my thing is is, so I think there's a value to watching spring training. I, but you really, really have to dig deep into figuring out, is this going to translate to the regular season? Because most times it doesn't. I, I came off of last year and, and I said, Christian Arroyo, that that was this was a fact had the best spring training. He had the best spring training. He was was the best player in spring training. And I'm not even talking about the beginning, just the beginning when they're throwing 80-mile-an-hour straight balls or working on their fifth pitches. Right. It's like all the way through. And then it didn't work out for him. So, and there's plenty of examples of this throughout baseball where, you know, you get excited about a team, look at this team. all I say is I said I, and this is the one thing that I I I live and die with when it comes to spring training. It's not about records, wins and losses obviously don't matter. To me, look at the last week of a spring training. how is that team playing? like how is the team playing? how is are they making a lot of errors? Are they playing sloppy? Are they are the pitchers like having a hard time? Like that's all of it. I remember some really really good like you're talking about 2010 2011 Red Sox teams, and their last stretch of spring training was terrible, and they started off terrible, and and so I think there's definitely that that sort of trans transition or translation, but overall. You know we're going to get all excited about player we players. It's good. Like we should not not get excited about players, right? I mean, this is like if 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 a guy is tearing up spring training, let's embrace it. Oh my goodness, let's go. A week, week, three
0: weeks. Best player there, uh, Sam Travis. Oh, yeah. I yes. mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: of course. See, I mean, there's there's so many examples, and and now we're going to see what's going to be interesting is we're going to see guys like. Uh, uh, Cheerio for Milwaukee. We're gonna see Jackson Holiday for the Orioles, and we're gonna see how they handle it. And, um, and then we'll get either get excited or we'll be like, oh, well, they're not ready. Which it's the danger, the most dangerous part of spring training is that is if you make too broad a judgments on the first half, because Ed, the pitchers are, are it's, it's, They're working on stuff. They're not ready. Oh, yeah. No, I remember Tanner Hauck last year. Just he
0: got shelled the entire time and he was working on a sinker or splitter or something. Yeah.
1: So it's don't get too worked up over it. And um, yeah. So anyway, all right. Anything else on free agency? We solved a lot of the problems. I mean, yeah, I think we solved, I think we fixed baseball, which is great. But uh,
0: (laughs) I got one question for you. One question for you. Of the four Boris guys, which one do you think signs
1: first? Oh man. I don't know. I kind of feel see I, I don't know. I think it's personality. Yeah. As much as they're putting their faith in Boris, it's still like who's gonna be like hey, I need Who cracks I- first. I, I, I wanna say Bellinger because the fit with the Cubs is so obvious, or or you know, or you know, if the blue jays step up. Um, it, I guess it comes back to like the obvious fits, um. But but the, you raise you raised a good point earlier where all it's going to take with one of these guys is Dombrowski getting involved. Yep, and then all of a sudden all these guesses are out the window. So, yeah, I think yeah, like it, it, let's not kill ourselves. Let's just sit back <laughs> and, and enjoy the great game of baseball and. In, uh and you know, and also this uh it's good. Like it's this is the thing. This as this podcast drops, it's the first day. I know the daughters started earlier because they went to South they're going to South Korea, but there's the first day of pitchers and catchers for most teams or or right around there. So that's we made it, Ed. Like we made it. Yeah. With the, 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 the
0: winter the, of our discontent is is almost over.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. Now we can obsess over over Oh my goodness, the ball's coming out of his hand so well. By the way, the last pet peeve. If any writer ever tweets the ball is coming out of his hand really, really well in February, block that person. <laughs> All right, that's what that's how I ended. All right, thanks, Ed. Duly noted. All right.